0: Welcome to the Immigrant Computer Scientists podcast, where we talk to computer scientists who immigrated from their home countries for study, or for work, or for other reasons. In these oral history interviews, you will find established and renowned computer scientists from across academia and industry, narrating their experiences of immigrating from where they grew up to a completely different land, often the US. My name is Indi Gupta, and I'm your host. This is a remix episode. As usual, you can find all episodes and detailed episode guides on our website, csimmigrant.org. Again, that's csimmigrant.org. And you can find us and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and basically wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is structured into acts or chapters. You'll find chapter markers on your audio player, and you can use these to jump between the acts or chapters. Sadly, many women researchers and entrepreneurs sometimes have to choose between raising a family with children and continuing their career. The next voice is Tamar Solorio, professor at the University of Houston. Tamar grew up in Mexico starting from the 1970s, and after finishing her PhD from Mexico, she immigrated to the US in 2005 as a lecturer. Here's my conversation with Tamar Solorio. Uh, so now you start as an assistant professor at the University of Alabama at Birmingham. And, uh, and I think you've spoken about this publicly as well, that you, you essentially had a family very early in your um, faculty life as well. How was that managing uh, a family, managing a baby and managing your new career with new students and trying to get the research program started off uh, with the tenure clock running? How was that experience early on?
1: So, yes, I interviewed pregnant um, for these positions. And so by the time I joined the faculty position, I was, um, it was August or end of August. I, I talked to the chair. So as soon as I got the offer, I said, you know what, this is happening, I'm pregnant. <laughs> I said, can I come earlier? Can I start earlier so that I prepare? And, and I also moved to the new city where the kid is going to be born because I didn't want to move just, you know, a few days before the kid is born. I need to find a doctor or whatever. But they were very accommodating. Um, and so they gave me an early start date, I moved, um, and I started teaching, and you know, a few weeks, I guess one week after the semester started, I went into labor. deliver the baby (laughs) and so the first few months um they were definitely very hectic and i don't have a lot of recollection of how things happened. (laughs) so that tells you that tells me that it was very hectic very crazy but the one thing that i that i think was lucky for us is that my husband was at home at that time Uh and so he stayed with the baby the first four months while i went i went back to teaching two weeks after i delivered yeah. And so I didn't went back like full time, but I was taking over my classes because I, I felt bad about my colleagues. That someone was covering my, my classes. I and so I wanted to go back as soon as possible. So that's I was basically. Uh,
0: I yeah, it's it's often talked about that the maternity leave that is in the U.S. is one of the smallest among all the countries out there in, in the world.
1: Uh, it's non-existent.
0: Non existent.
1: (laughs) I mean, even now, I'm I'm speaking seriously, even when you have an FMLA, a family medical leave policy, that doesn't mean that you have maternity leave because what maternity leave means is that you have paid salary while you take your leave of absence. Whereas in the US, you don't have, you you may, they give you permission. FMLA in most universities means that you can take the leave of absence and they will save your job. But that doesn't mean you're going to get paid. Yeah.
0: yeah. So
1: that's very different. Um, and it's important to know the distinction. And what ha- ends up happening is that people use their second vacation days right. to have some salary. Right. Because right? most of us, and, and that's really a really frustrating part, because most of us are very children at the very beginning. And if you come from a background like I did, like you don't have a support network that is going to pay for your expenses while you're on leave, so we don't, we cannot, basically cannot afford right. to be away from job because we need the money.
2: Right.
1: And so that's 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 a really sad yeah. uh, situation in the US. Um, it's better in the industry though. Industry has the tech industry at least. Yeah. Um, has a very much more uh, comprehensive support. Right.
0: Yeah, I, I think some of the tech companies certainly have a bit more of a liberal maternity leave uh, options, which yeah. are paid maternity leave. Um, so after your first semester, which you uh, which you said was very hectic, did things stabilize in your second semester, and then the second year, um, as you're yeah. getting handle of everything.
1: I think what, what helped, um, what helped in my case is that during the postdoc, like, again, I realized this is it. This is like my make or break chance. Like either I make it and I get my dream job or I have to find something else, right? And so I really worked hard and I was very fortunate to have such a wonderful mentor in my in my postdoc advisor, Yang Leo. right? It was so supportive and amazingly smart. Um, and we work hard to get papers, to get research ideas so that when I joined the university, I already had the idea for my first grant. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I already had like this, these projects and this research direction where I wanted to go. And I don't think that's true for some, at least, I don't think that's the case for the majority. When you start as a faculty member, you just finished your PhD typically. And you, right. then now you have to start thinking about what am I going to do next? Right. right. Where am I going to go? Am I going to continue with my PhD dissertation? I'm going to do this something else. Like, what do I want to do? What is going to, what is, what is it going to be my first grant? And I wasn't there. I already did that during my postdoc and I was already uh, ready to hit the floor running and start submitting another grant application and you know, mm. have research project ideas for students. And so I think they made it much easier for me to not lose momentum. Um, Thank you, Point.
0: The next voice is that of Sudeh Farouhi, entrepreneur and founder of successful startups in Iran and in Canada. She's also a vice president at Nakisa. She grew up in Iran. She currently resides in canada so they have successfully managed to do both simultaneously raising a now three-year-old daughter while also serving as the cto of her company c2ro oftentimes uh, women in uh, tech but also in other fields uh, when they start a family they feel like uh, they have to choose between um, having a family and having children versus having a career you have been successful in doing both uh, do you have advice for women who are trying to do both have a family and have a career in tech mm-hmm
2: uh, very quick question because that's like very this is I, I even get emotional when I when I think about it and, and think about the women that they need to choose between those because as an entrepreneur as you mentioned initially C2RO, the company, was my child. Right. So I was picking to have a real child or kind of abandoning my my first one because I knew that I have to go to maternity leave. I have to go through a process that anyhow it might not be my 100% in terms of the uh, uh, time commitment at least. And uh, that, that initial decision was so difficult. And have in mind that I have a super supportive husband. Right. Like I have a husband that that we think uh, everything should be equal in terms of parenting, and maybe uh, just pregnancy was something that 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 by nature we couldn't divide it, and the other rest we were thinking of okay six months me maternity leave six months uh, my 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 husband, and uh, it wasn't clear what will happen to my business right so but. But when, when I started to think of having a family and that was like a non-negotiable for me, then, then I realized, you know, I need to put my family first. And this is certainly, it must be like this. The family first, the health first, and then the work, right? Especially we went all through pandemic and we realized that I think even that, that feeling is stronger now in, in, in myself and, and probably for, for others. So the lesson that I learned was... Uh, first of all, be very clear with your uh, boss manager about, you know, when, when you want to announce it, you announce it and have a very clear, empowered plan in terms of what you need to do, what you want to do. This, um, I think, impression that when women get pregnant, they have to, they must say goodbye to the workforce and like, you know, they're going to be vanished. I changed that perspective to the, for, for the incubator and investors that they were at the table at our boardroom. Because the moment that they heard it, they were like panic. But then I gave them a pa- plan, and I said, "This is my plan, mm-hmm. and I'm going to stick to it. I'm going to return back after six months, and even during the six months, this is the plan to stay connected. And then that was very successful. I returned back with the plan again. I had, I was lucky. I'm li- I'm living in Canada. The parental leave is yeah. is very well organized. Yeah. You can have divided uh, this." this period between you and your partner. So everything was like established for us in a way of doing that equal job. And then because my my my, my husband stay with the kid for six months, of course he has a stronger bound. And versus other other husbands, right? Other fathers. Mm-hmm. And then when something happens, my my kid just called both of us. And then when there are like events that I need to attend that the the business trips I have no issue because my kid has a strong connection with her dad, and just imagine that if if this doesn't happen from the first, this loop is is misfunction, right? And then what I did again, returning back to the perception, I changed that perception because I got back. The plan was as as I as I presented, and then there were three other women, if I'm not mistaken, after me that they got pregnant, they were entrepreneur, they returned back. Return back. They talked to me. We shared the plan. And there were no panicking for the VCs anymore, mm-hmm. especially that network of VCs that they knew us mm-hmm. because they said, well, this is a natural process. They go and return back. Mm-hmm. And I think if you start doing this in our network, in our bubble, just imagine that this perception is going to be changing. And we are the one that we need to be agents. I think we should not be passive as women, especially if you are in like managerial executive role, if you are leaders. I think we need to have an impact ourselves. We need to start and talk about it. Otherwise, we overcame it with a lot of challenges. But why we are not sharing it with other women that are suffering exactly with exactly the same issues?
0: That's very beautifully put. I think. Um, I think you you said that. I mean, changing the culture requires kind of changing the thinking of people as well. And I think what you're describing is a very active way to do that. While also you know uh, managing a family and 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 also a career and and what you described uh, you know the way of planning uh, the pause itself so that there is no panic on the other side uh, mm-hmm. i think that's that was very very beautifully put If you liked this episode, then you can also listen to the full interviews with each of these amazing technologists. Each interview features the origin story of the technologist, their educational path, their decision and thoughts on immigration, obstacles they faced along the way, and a discussion on their retrospectives and perspectives. As usual, you can find all episodes and detailed episode guides on our website, csimmigrant.org. Again, that's csimmigrant.org. And you can find us and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and basically wherever you get your podcasts. All the music used in episodes of the Immigrant Computer Scientists podcast is royalty-free. All voice recordings were performed with and are reproduced with full consent of narrators and participants. You can find music credits on our website. Join the online discussion about this podcast on all major social media, including Twitter and Facebook, with the handle csimmigrant and hashtag CSImmigrant. And of course, the episode guide is available at our website, csimmigrant.org. This is the Immigrant Computer Scientists Podcast.